You're listening to Episode 8 of Fatalists, a podcast devoted to the Showcase Network's supernatural series Lost Girl, now also appearing on Sci-Fi. My name is Dave, and I'm here, as always, with Wayne. And uh, it's been a busy week, especially for you. You're back in town again? Yeah, a little little trip to the shore, and then uh, back in town now. No more vacations for the summer, thank God. And uh, so time to really focus in on watching more television. So what have you been watching? Well, as I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, I am completely in the thralls of Supernatural. Um, it is just a fantastic show. I'm loving it. And I discovered, because I'm now in season two of it, um, a name you might see that, that popped up. I was like, hey, I know that name. And so, uh, you know, one of those things, again, I talked about how you know, we, this happens all the time when you see multiple science fiction kind of things that um, you see these names, you see people, and then all you can do is just think, where did I see that name? How do I know this person? Where did I see them before? So, you know, without – I actually stopped the <laughs> – instead of worrying about the whole rest of the, the show, I actually just hit pause, went to the computer, and saw that uh, Ben Edlund uh, was a um, producer – and a, uh, a writer, he's like a, actually, I think uh, they call him like a consulting producer at first. We actually wrote one of the episodes I watched last night. Um, and he was worked with Joss Whedon on Firefly. I think he wrote actually a couple of the episodes on Firefly and everything. So, I mean, there's a, there's a really good connection there. You know, two great shows. Are you into season two yet? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well into wow. season two. I'm, I'm probably about, I think I'm in like episode seven and eight of, of season two. So, so yeah, you, just, I, you just lock the kids in a room and... Just say, tell daddy's got a homework to do. Yep, homework. All right. And so uh, that's pretty much it for you, I assume. Then that seems like uh, that's a lot of episodes. It is, it is. But actually, and I talked about last week is, you know, Hell on Wheels uh, <clears throat> starting up uh, their season two. And that was on Sunday night. And I, found, I just got able to watch it last night. But uh, as I'm watching, I'm like, hey, Ryan Robbins is in there from you know from Sanctuary and a, a bunch of other, and he was in Caprica as well. He's, he's been you know, looking at his like IMDb thing. Well, I didn't look at IMDb actually. I went to his Wikipedia because I don't want to see how many episodes of Hell on Wheels he's in. Um, but he uh, he's been in like a ton of science fiction stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, and that's what we were uh, talking before uh, we went on the air here about you know so many sci-fi shows that film in Canada and that the pool of actors up there is you know certainly smaller than la so that you see a lot of different actors in a lot of different things i mean i'm uh you know still watching fringe um for my rewatch and i'm in season two now and it was the episode with the uh cryogenic heads and you know lo and behold there's the uh i can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head but uh, the guy who plays travis in continuum if you are a continuum fan yeah ted williams was in that episode too Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh of course i watched warehouse 13 which we're gonna not talk about tonight i know we said we were going to but you know time has kind of been uh pressing on both wayne and myself so we're just going to hold that till next week and we're going to talk about some sci-fi gadgets and weapons this week uh so, Warehouse 13 next week. Yeah. Oh, and also, um, not only, uh, there's another guy, actually, another Sanctuary. There's two people from Sanctuary in Hell on Wheels, I just realized. Uh, also, Chris Heyerdahl is, oh. is in it as well. He's got, a big, he's got a big part in Hell on Wheels. He's, he's great. You know, I mean, he's just such a good actor. He plays this, like, Swedish guy and everything. So, it's, if you're used to seeing him Sanctuary. You know, in Sanctuary, then it's, it's a big shift to see him in, uh, in, uh, in <clears throat> Hell on Wheels. And actually, I knew him from Hell on Wheels first. 
because you know you turned me on the sanctuary last year. So when I saw him in sanctuary, it was a while before I figured it out. You know, I totally placed the face, but like the the accent and his mannerism is so incredibly different in sanctuary that uh, it was, it, for a while I was like, is that really the guy from Hell on Wheels? It's, yeah, so it's pretty wild. Right, now I got one other thing that I watched, and I, I know I made fun last week, and. I'm I'm really not making fun. I mean, we we do claim that we we cover the supernatural. So uh, I watched two of the Robert Pattinson interviews this week. Uh, oh, Dave. John Stewart. Um, Actually, and, I, do, I, I am interested because we did okay. talk about this last week. Well, so you know, it again. He was on John Stewart Monday night, which was supposedly his first appearance, even though he'd already taped his Good Morning America appearance. Previous to that, it just didn't air until today, uh, and, and today's Wednesday. Um, and, and the bottom line, and I've seen them both, he, he doesn't talk about what everybody was waiting for him to talk about at all. No. He's like, so, well, let, let me tell you about my upcoming project. Like, who cares about well, your upcoming well, project, man? <laughs> um, actually, Cosmopolis is his current project and that's why he was you know he was already contracted to do these shows apparently and this show really this movie really looks cool i mean it does have a lot of sci-fi elements and you know he is a good actor i mean we've seen him in in some other things um but you know the the interviews if you wanted anything about his personal life uh then you were disappointed he's just he's Um, not gonna go there and and uh you know both uh Interviewers respected that. The interesting thing with Good Morning America is watching George Stephanopoulos interview him. Here's a guy that was uh, was he Clinton's yeah uh, he was his, uh, press secretary press secretary yeah uh, you know so uh, you know how far we've fallen George <laughs> so tell us about Kristen yeah know? no actually, the guy I, I once was worked in the White House and now I'm trying to get an actor to tell me about his girlfriend cheating on him yeah so like, uh, uh, anyway now uh, we do want to thank one of our listeners, Tan, for the kind words that he posted on the website about uh, the podcast. And uh, you know, he mentioned he was looking forward to the episode we're going to talk about tonight, uh, arachnophobia. No, is that it? Yep. Yeah. Um, and mentioned some suggestions for th- shows that Wayne and I could take a peek at. And, and a couple of them, you know, we'd actually thought about. Uh, one was grim. One was Once Upon a Time. Uh, American Horror Story, and the third, the fourth one I've never heard of. It's a UK show called Misfits. So yeah, Wayne's shaking his head. Yeah. So no, uh, I, I hadn't heard of that one either. Um, the only I heard of Once Upon a Time and Grimm. Grimm's actually one of those shows that <clears throat> when I would see the uh, advertisements for it last year, I think you know well, that that looks like a pretty cool show. You know, I kind of would maybe get, but then you know, reason kicks in and says, listen. It's, you know, two more seasons, wait two more seasons. If it's in its third season, then maybe we'll, we'll start watching it. So we'll see. Jury's still out on Grimm as far as this kid's concerned. But uh, Tan and and everybody else, uh, I'm fairly certain we're going to take a look at, you know, at least a few of those. Yeah. Thanks for the comments, Tan. That was, it was huge. It's always good to hear um, some feedback, uh, actually positive or negative, you know, because sometimes we can always build on saying, hey, guys, here's what you should be doing better. Or, you know, Wayne, you sound like you've got marbles in your mouth when you speak, you know. Uh, but uh, but to, to have some good positive feedback was, was awesome. And, and we really thank you uh, for that, to hear that the, the community out there is, uh, you know, kind of responding to what we do. It's cool. Right. And, you know, we, you know, we want to give you what you want. I mean, it's not, it's not about us. 
Well, it's mostly about well, us. Well, yeah, it's mostly about us. <laughs> okay. right. But uh, it, it is, uh, you know, we are trying to get, you know, and part of it is not, you're right, it's not just us because, you know, this is basically what we do anyway. We'd just be sitting around to talking about the show anyway, so why not put some mics in front of us? Um, but we really, a lot of this, especially with like the top 10 list that we come up with, is really just generated to kind of, you know, get uh, discussion out there and everything. And also, we, you know, we've said right from the first that uh, part of it is also for us to get, you know, turn you on to other shows. And also, if you could turn on, I mean, this, all, a lot of these shows that we start watching is just because of Dave and I sitting around talking and like, oh, you know, I would say, you haven't seen Doctor Who yet? And he like would be, you haven't seen Lost yet? Were you kidding me? And so we watch and we come in like, wow, oh, that show's awesome. And, you know, and then just kind of builds from there. Yep. So, all right, before we forget uh, our Ronald D. Moore homage, of the episode, uh, Wayne is going with uh, Blue Moon Ale, the the summer honey wheat, summer honey wheat, and Dave's going with Magic Hat again. And what I can tell you is, we had this uh, adorable little blonde girl come in and cleanse the room, so there should be no supernatural effects with the beverages this evening the yeah, way there was no, last no, episode. No exploding ales at all, um, though. You know who knows? I, it, it appears that maybe. We're not cursed. Okay. This week, it looks like it. We, we should be all right. All right. So why don't we jump into a little bit of news? You want to hit us with yours first? Yeah. In my continuing attempt to not appear so lame, I am trying to come up with news of my own. Though probably most of the news I come up with is going to be Doctor Who related. Uh, BBC has still not announced when the next episode of season seven will premiere, but we can see it's coming soon. It just actually last night, the 14th of August, uh, it uh, had a big uh, to-do in London, and the first episode premiered in London uh, last night. And for the next two weeks, on the 18th at 9 o'clock, they're go- doing the timey-wimey of Doctor Who. It's another one of those specials, you know. And then the week after that at 9 is the destinations of Doctor Who. So we always see um, BBC America does this right before a new season or after a hiatus. They start showing these best-of type specials and everything. So I'm thinking uh, it's it's not long. Obviously, it's not long now. It should be. I If I had to predict, I would say whatever, the week after the 25th, that, that next Saturday night hopefully will be episode one of season seven, which is, I can't remember the name, it's something about the Daleks, uh, but uh, it, you know, if you haven't, if you're a law, Doctor Who fan and uh, you haven't seen the uh, the trailer for the new season, you should definitely check it out because it is really cool. But, see, I'm, see, I'm trying to remain spoiler free, so I've deliberately not watched it. Yeah, I know. Usually that's, that, that's usually what I am, but I am just so like just so desperate for anything just just to see new images of doctor who so that uh, I, I went ahead and watched it and you know it looks cool yeah that's an interesting thing you know uh because i know uh, it's something that i think about and i've talked to other people about is whether or not the show you're watching do you watch the uh little uh, episode uh, tease for the following week you yeah know? never never watch it oh ever. okay you watch them though, right? Uh, yeah, it's like about half and half. It, it depends. Yeah, I, I always always fast forward or or you know turn down the volume and leave the room. Okay, all something. right. Well, for uh, you know, nice segue into a couple of, and I've just got a couple news items. John Barrowman, who we know as Captain Jack Harkness, Jack Harkness. from Doctor Who, and then uh, later Torchwood, which is just an anagram for Doctor Who. Uh, 
is going to be joining the cast of the CW's new drama, Arrow, which is based on a DC Comics character who's apparently some hooded vigilante. Uh, imagine that in yeah. the comic world, a hooded vigilante. That's, that's a, it's a really original idea, and it's, a, it's time has come. But they got John Barrowman, man. I mean, yeah. that's... Um, you know, you, you know, you 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 point out and rightly so about uh, Summer Glau being sci-fi gold, and and you know, while John Barrowman maybe hasn't been in as many things, I mean, he's certainly you know, for sci-fi fans, they're they're gonna tune in just because he's there. I actually, because you had told me about Torchwood, so I had I saw Torchwood before I saw Doctor Who, which is kind of maybe backwards and everything, but. What that amounted to was the first time I see Jack Harkness in a Doctor Who episode. I already knew him from Torchwood, so he's already you know yeah. a, a beloved character. And I actually was like, "Yes!" You know, like I was like sitting there all by myself in the couch, which is pathetic, I know. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yeah, Jack, Har you know, Captain Jack," because I, I didn't see it coming. You know, which is the opposite experience of of you know most people because. When he obviously the first time he was on Doctor Who, no one knew who he was at all. Well, speaking of talking out loud while you're watching something, when we get into the episode recap, uh, I did that multiple times. <laughs> now, I got one other item that The Hollywood Reporter, which uh, is a great website, by the way, to, to get sci-fi and, and television and film news. Uh, they have what they call uh, the Clooney Award. And named after George Clooney, and, and what they do is they annually come up with a list of TV actors that they think are capable of moving on to film. And I'm not going to go through the whole list, but there were two that we know that were on the list. And the first is Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Okay, who we know yeah, from Firefly yeah, as and Ca now Captain Mel and now in Castle. And I don't know much about that show. It's, I, I watch it, actually. It's a, it's a pretty good show. You know, it's not – it's – it's not sci-fi, right? right? It's yeah. not. It's not sci-fi, and it really, if if they had anyone except for Nathan Fillion, I don't think the show would have gone half a season. But he really is just like his personality is what drives the show because basically it's pretty standard cop procedural type show with the love interest tied in uh, him and and the Beckett, who's the the, the cop that he fo he's a writer who follows this cop around to get ideas for his new book. And then he turns her into the character of his book and everything. So there's this simmering love interest. Well, now it's not simmering anymore because now they're, they're getting together. Um, but uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing really new or unique or anything, but except for Nathan Fillion. Right. That's, and so totally, obviously, yes, because he takes this rather kind of regular cliche cop show and makes it into a huge hit basically on the force of his own personality. Um, and so, yeah, of course he, you know, the same thing with Firefly. If okay. you know, I mean, Firefly wouldn't have lasted. Oh wait, Firefly didn't last half That's a season, right. but it probably would have even lasted less if they hadn't had Nathan Fillion, who obviously was great as as Mal. All right, now the second one that I'm going to mention is our own Agent Olivia Dunham. Anna Torv uh, was. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. I was about to say she's bad movies, but actually, I saw her. She was in um, uh, the Pacific. Oh, okay. Uh, from HBO was that two years ago? I guess. Oh, she was wow. In, now, was Sex she, scene. Yeah. now, was she using her native Australian accent? No, she was playing an American. She was playing an American actress that uh, that uh, hooks up with this uh, this guy um, uh, who, come, who just returned from uh, Guadalcanal and uh, was a, a big hero and kind of doing war bond tours. And, and so he hooks up with this actress played by Anna Torv. 
All right. So anyway, well, that's the news for this episode. So well, why don't we- actually, there's one more thing. I okay, good. Forgot to mention, and I can't let it go. It's not really sci-fi related, but uh, the the world of TV this week we lost uh, Ron Palillo. I don't know if he was Horseshack. Cotter. Yeah, from Welcome Back, Cotter. So, uh, and that was, you know, I mean, he was inspired numerous people of my generation to raise our hands in the air in school and go, oh, 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 thus increasing uh, our teacher's blood pressure and, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, probably, I don't know if he's really done much since then of that, but uh, that is a, a timeless. Acting, acting performance that uh, we salute you, Ron Palillo, and hope you've moved on to better things. All right. So let's take a look at the uh, episode tonight. And this is episode seven, Arachnophobia. And this episode was written by Emily Andrus, who we've mentioned several times, is now the uh, one of the executive producers the, and the showrunner. And yeah. the showrunner. Yep. So, uh, and now you say that, I, I feel good about season three now. Yeah, season three. That, uh, that, yeah, because this was a this was a great episode. Well, in my opinion. Okay. Well, a couple of things, and and, and I agree definitely. Um, you know, one of the f- first things Wayne and I kind of you know look at is all right, what what major themes were emerging or or major ideas, and I mean certainly you know one that that kind of hit me was the whole jealousy thing, the whole love triangle you know, was really uh, explored in this episode. Yeah, it's almost a love quadrilateral kind and, of. You know, and, like, yeah, and jealousy all over. The, actually, it's like a pentagon. You got hail yeah. in there too, you know. So it's like right. there's people getting their feelings hurt all over the place. And a lot of uh, emotions came out. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, we had the spider that buries its heart to remain invincible. And, you know, that whole concept, uh, you know, since all, all of this jealousy is is, you know, as a result of, uh, you know, the heart, um, the, uh, to a large extent, it's about Dyson and his inability to cope with Bo's lifestyle. Yeah, true. But I think what we see at the end is uh, certainly part of it is Dyson is feeling kind of petulant and, you know, he is a wolf. So he's got, he's territorial, right? Okay. And he sees Lauren kind of moving in on his territory. So he, he's, you know, like the, the hackles on the back of his neck are, are metaphorically and probably a little literally rising. Um, but, uh, you know, there's also this element where he's doesn't, you know, he doesn't trust Lauren, not so much because she's moving in on Bo, though. I don't think he's happy about that, but really it's her closest to the ash. I think that really bothers Dyson. And that I think Brings this other element. Well, Dyson's supposed to be the Ash's boy. Why isn't he? Why doesn't he trust the Ash? Why doesn't he trust Lauren? Because she works for the Ash. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to all that in more detail in a, in a little bit. Just now, questions for you to consider right. now, as we discuss. Now, one of the things about this episode that that really struck me uh, at, again as I was going back through my notes is that I kind of perceive it, and, and and what I wrote down was B movie, and. What I kind of look at it was, it was like a really well done B movie with good actors, with all these cliches, and you know Wayne's talked about cliches and the use of cliches. Uh, so we'll, we'll, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that later. So, but why don't we take a look? Just the procedural for this episode. So we've got Hale and Dyson investigating the murder suicide of two elderly sisters, who've apparently been living together their whole lives. So we assume they probably never married. 
Yeah, because she said like what sixty years, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, so so, so. Um, gotta like the murder weapon. There, you know, murder by knitting needle. <laughs> knitting needles as classic. Um, now, what we then find out is that there have apparently been a series of murders within this five mile radius, and then in a big departure, we've got Dyson asking Bo for help this time. Right, and the role uh, reversal. You know, right, you can check out some of your dark fay contacts. Um, which she agrees to do. Now, at the same time, we see a blonde, Kenzie, who's taken on a job as a shaman who's been hired to cleanse a home where one of the murders take place because the real estate agent won't feel right about listing it until it's been cleansed. Yeah, and that's just, uh, that scene is really, really funny. And that is, that's the scene that, that came to mind when a couple of weeks ago when we were watching the Comic-Con thing and <clears throat> Cassini Solo was really, you know, honestly baffled by the idea that people find her funny, which, you know, if you, you see this scene, you're like, how on earth can she not know she's funny? That seems hilarious. She's a riot. So, well, you know, and, and that scene, I, I, I agree completely. But what I also found really funny was the, the real estate agent, because I kept yeah. waiting for her to like, you know, shake her head. I can't believe I'm doing this, you know, as if she was put up to it by her client, but but no, that's you know she's into apparently this new agey stuff and and right. uh, needed it cleansed and uh, so and she was, yeah at the end she's like okay well now we can put this on the market now right you right. know like just right. like this normal thing like yeah okay well I got to check the title yep okay do we got the deed yep okay and uh, let's get a uh, shaman to come in and uh, do a cleansing of the evil spirits gotcha okay we need all these things at closing time. Right. So uh, then we, we see that uh, across the street at another house, Hale and Dyson are canvassing the neighbors. And uh, I forget which one of them notices the yellow succubile. Yeah, it's the uh, Hale notices it. He says he calls it the yellow succubile. Oh, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, then the you know four of them get together. Now, then we, we kind of learn what the whole crux of all of this is when we see the the big black spider crawl into Kenzie's bag obviously the source of all the chaos right yeah and well a, a big black spider is never any good never all. a good it's thing and good and you know crawling into her purse is is again going to be the source of one of the clichés and you know in this case I mean they just work wonderfully and then one of the great lines uh, you know, when asked what he thinks is going on, uh, I think it's Dyson that replies, you know, sometimes humans just kill themselves. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, uh, was it, yeah, Dyson says, you know, take away their flat screens and minivans. They're still barbarians. And that's like two times in this episode, Dyson shows this kind of, well, we had really hadn't seen from before is as the, I guess maybe we'd say the traditional, um, is it racist view? I guess I don't know that some of the Fey have towards humans, and they think yeah. that humans are less lesser beings and everything. And and so you know that comment, you're just like, whoa, okay, easy there. But uh, you know, but then he also makes a comment later to Lauren that uh, indicates that you know he's been around a while, and we know that Fey live a long time. So you know, maybe he's just you know. See, you know, seen a lot, and you know, like I said, sometimes humans do just kill it. You know, humans are pretty good at killing each other, so yeah. So, all right, well, we see, uh, all right, Lauren shows up for her, and I'm making little quote signs with my finger f fingers for her date with Bo. Um, and you know, then Dyson shows up, and 
the third wheel. Uh, you know. Well, Dyson's actually there first in, in his defense. Oh, right. Okay. Lauren shows up because, uh, you know, like uh, was um, Bo, you know, says, yeah, you can scooch over. He says, I don't scooch. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Um, That's just so Dyson, right? Know. And and you can see the uh, the tension mount as the three of them are clearly not comfortable all being together, and you know Bo caught in the middle, uh, and you know funny at the other table is Hale and Kenzie who are observing all of this stuff, and uh, you know again he he says and and I think you were kind of alluding to this earlier, I know what it's like to hang with the alpha dog, yeah. Right. And you know. yeah, and we see that we've talked about since almost for the first show, probably even the first show, I think we really see this kind of connection between the sidekicks, you know, Hale and Kenzie kind of get each other. They understand he Hale more than anyone else understands Kenzie and what she kind of mm-hmm. has to go through as far as, you know, Bo is kind of oblivious to what Kenzie has to deal with is, you know, from the other Faye. You know, I don't know if Bo really sees it. Hale totally sees it. And and yeah. once again, they, they he and he's there to talk it out. And I think probably Kenzie enjoys having that, you know, shoulder to, to not cry on because she doesn't cry, but someone to lean on, someone who knows what that, you know, it's not easy for her. Right. Well, you know, and I almost looked at it as the first inkling of jealousy on Hale's part, you know, almost like it's, it's, you know, the two best friends who suddenly are starting to be split apart by surprise, surprise, a girl, a girl, yeah, you know, which, which happens all the time from about the ages of, uh, 13 or 14. Yeah. When, when those changes start to take place in all of us. Right? But, but you know, it, it just seems though, like, you know, Kenzie, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like she's as jealous or, or she hasn't really, I mean, um, I mean, she doesn't, you know, I think she understands her role and how important it is in her relationship with Bo. Yeah, and I think well, Kenzie's jealousy comes out with again with Lauren as well. I mean, she still is not a big Lauren fan, despite you know the fact obviously Lauren was huge in saving Kenzie's life the last episode. But still, even this episode, she still doesn't. She's not really in, in her camp and everything. Um, but you know, also in that scene was was hilarious when she gets you know, bitten by what we know the spider in the bag. She's like, "Ow!" And Hale's like, "Well, no wonder he starts pulling right. out the big knife, well, well, brass and, knuckles." And, and yeah. again, the the first cliche, and and again, like in a B movie, I mean, it's so cliche. You know, she puts her hand, and you know, she's going to get bitten. Right. You're just waiting for it. Then, she's got the bag, and, and, just and then know. it's like you know, she pulls out weapon after weapon, yeah. and you almost expect her to, you know, if they're really going to go for for slapstick, almost, you know, pull out something that's like so big that it couldn't possibly fit in the purse. Yeah, that that would have been great if they'd done it. It's bigger on the inside type. Thing, right. you know, like she pulls out like a submachine gun or right. something like that. So, uh, you know, but but it was great. And then, like you said, Hale's line, uh, his retort w- was perfect. Uh, now, we also learn in this little scene that apparently Dyson won't show up for his Ash-ordered physical because it's uh, with Lauren, and I guess it's got more to do with Lauren than the Ash, I guess. Well, or is it? You know, because he... As we see in a number of times this episode, is there, he's got issues with the ash, and he's got obedience issues. He's he needs to be sent back to dog training, you know, like the obedience school. Uh, he has to have his muzzle uh, knocked with a, 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 a newspaper, or something. But uh, um, because 
you know, when we saw it before, when he didn't want to go see the therapist, when the police wanted him to, to see the therapist, he is the strong, silent type. And he doesn't, you know, it's a stretch for him, as we see here, asking for help from Bo. He usually doesn't ask for help. But, in, you know, in this one, he, he comes to Bo looking for help. Uh, he doesn't like having to talk about feelings or anything like that. You know, he's the, the, your typical strong, silent type guy. And doctor's appointments are definitely out with him. That's sure. a good point. I, I didn't think about that. I forgot about that scene with the uh, police psychologist. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, now, eventually at this little scene, he he's so rude that Lauren just, you know, sets down her drinks and, and gets up. And what really bothered me here is that, you know, Bo didn't get up and go after her. You know, it's like, dude, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, I didn't really think about that. Um, I guess maybe they didn't want to draw, you know, on a on a technical writing exp- you know, type thing. They didn't want to move on to the next scene. So if Bo goes after, then we have to follow that dialogue. And if she just lets her go, she just lets her go. Or, or you know, maybe she's more leaning towards Dyson or whatever. But, you know, this is where... It, the second time he says a little kind of comment about humans because Lauren says, well, we're on the same side. He's like, no, you're a human who works for my side. And that's like, whoa, D, yeah. like yeah. what's up with that? Like, you know, really this attitude was kind of goes against what we've seen from him before. So I think, you know, like like we saw in the previous episode where when he gets too frustrated, he starts venting and, you know, ripping kids' arms out and stuff. I think here he's, you know, just being – uh, you know, obviously purposefully rude and mean because, you know, he's annoyed. Now, the, the one thing I thought about the spider's bite, and, you know, you tell me what you were thinking. I mean, it also seems like it, it brought out some of un, some of the unconscious feelings that maybe some of these characters have. So that, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, people will say with alcohol, oh, people will say what they're, you know, what they really think, but they're, right. you know, too in control, otherwise to say yeah that's a good question because you know at the end of it that's a good metaphor there of like you know the hangover because at the end of this everyone's all apologizing to each other like you know just kind of like oh you know i'm sorry for what i said last night i really didn't mean it you know i'm sorry i tried to kill you oh i'm sorry i tried to make your brain explode you know everyone's just apologizing for the the various things they did the night before so is it because they're that's their true inner self yeah i don't yeah i tend to think not yeah i think it just it brought out it exacerbated their what everyone has everyone has a vicious side everyone gets annoyed you know just like you know the funny it's like when everyone's had a roommate that you know you know doesn't do chores or whatever i i had one in college that would uh you know would would pick his nose and 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 wipe it on the uh, the the frame around the window the molding around the window as he's watching tv that was that was awesome but uh so you know everyone's had like you know a roommate or something or you know it's and married people knows too that when you spend a lot of time with one another you have plenty of time to find things about the other person that irritate you but most of them we just kind of ignore you know, oh okay that kind of irritates me either i make a big deal out of it address it or i let it go and most people just say well it's not that big a deal it's not worth a fight right and every married guy out there right now saying oh yes Wayne, yeah. and, that's, and, that's and what i'm what i'm doing here is as wayne's talking is um I'm doing what the, every married man should know better than it's that when you're having a disagreement with your wife, just to then go to the computer and look it up to prove her wrong. Because that rarely, even when you're right, 
Yeah. That's rarely a good thing. It's almost like you don't want to be right. You right. Know? Like, I mean, you want to be right. You want to prove your point. But but it's, uh, after you do that, it just doesn't seem to make things any better. No. So I was looking at my show notes from last week, uh, <laughs> oh. and I actually can't find that uh, uh, in there, yeah. but I still think I'm right. You can say but, it. Uh, all that's right. all right. Okay. All right. Anyway. You're too so, proud. Uh, why don't we take a look at Bo first? Um, you know, she gets bitten in the shower scene. And uh, again, you know, the, the, another one of the cliches. Yeah, but, this is B-movie all over right. for sure. But, but just done well. So she's in the shower. She gets bitten. And, you know, the, I thought it was really cool that one of the effects was that acute hearing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, whoever the, the sound editors, I mean, it, it just really came across you know, really yeah. well. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, some people may take it as cheesy. Some people may take it as, as, as kind of, uh, cool, but you know, the spider itself is, you know, it's not like the most realistic, you know, CGI I've ever seen. Um, but I think that, I don't think they're worried about that. Yeah. You know, it's like whatever, yeah, but it's still when that spider jumps, you know, because we don't see Bo get bit. We just see the spider jump at the camera. Right. And that's, you know, that's even I'd seen it before and I knew it was going to happen. It's still, Freak me out a little bit. Right. So uh, now she's at least aware of, you know, her body enough to know that she needs to go see Lauren because something's wrong. And, uh, you know, Lauren, you know, gives her the exam, pronounces her, you know, healthy. And, but Bo notes that she's still, she's been a level 10 harpy. And of course there's a harp, there's a harpy at the bed. It's classic because it's the the classic, you know, like you hear the crashing, the background looks over and the, the cold stares, a person leaves and like, Oh, she's a harpy right for the boston harpy right and takes offense so right (laughs) that's hilarious because like i I, I totally forgot about that so when i saw that i was like oh man that is that that was that was very very funny that was very well written yeah now you know we we don't see her i mean yeah i mean we see a little bit of her jealous but the the one scene where she hallucinates lauren and kenzie making out yeah was pretty interesting yeah just I think a little too short, maybe. But. A little too short, yes. <laughs> but uh, you know, we really haven't seen Kenzie in, in that kind of a, a, a you know a, a role before. Not not at all. Not at all. You know, I mean, we haven't seen her with a boyfriend. I mean, we haven't seen her in any kind of romant, romantic relation. We haven't. You know, there's nothing between her and Bo. I mean, it's strictly sisters. Yeah, they've focused so much of the you know the sex on you know on on Bo, and they. You're right. They haven't, except for maybe, you know, brief illusion. And we do see at the beginning of this episode um, with the pizza guy, right, um, coming in, and uh, and and Kenzie, you know, kind of chatting him up. Well, that's really the first time we've seen any kind of you know interest in in another guy, except for like side comments every now and then. But now we see you know a full on. Lauren and Kenzie kissing. Right. So, I mean, is she afraid of losing Lauren because of her relationship with Dyson? I mean, is that where this comes from? And that she's, you know, you know, that these are her inner fears that Kenzie's going to, you know, if she doesn't. Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically, uh, you know, Kenzie per se, but it's just with Lauren checking on Kenzie and, you know, then uh, Bo's inner jealousy just then kicks in. And that's what the the spider does. The uh, the Dijen. does just that it, it exacerbates your um negative emotions your anger your jealousy your hatred and right and then i mean the, then what better to handle it when she hallucinates dyson telling her to just kill kenzie yeah you know and then that solves the problem 
Um, I mean, does she, you know, then I start thinking, does she secretly think Dyson thinks Kenzie is a bad influence on her? And, and I mean, I would think that there are a lot in the Faye community that do think that, that the human. Yeah. I don't think she, you know, again, um, these, it goes back to is the Dijen, uh, making bringing up things that really do exist deep down or is it uh, fomenting anger in them you know is it creating the anger out of not nothing but out of you know petty things that we all have you know like like my roommate annoys me i'm a little jealous of you know of of my girlfriend or whatever or my boyfriend and everything like that you know like we we all experience these things but we realize they're stupid and so we you know push them aside but this you know the spider forces them up to the surface and so it's not like that is the person i mean i think what we are is the decisions that we make um you know john connor has said that a number of occasions so i believe it's true or sarah connor has also said it, so i believe it to be true then from two authority figures there um so so these things that are, are, are boiling underneath this you know under our hidden libido our hidden id or whatever that's that's not us that's just you know, some things that cause us to do things when we drink too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's take a look at Dyson. Yeah. You know, even though he hasn't been bitten, right? So we've just had the three, Kenzie, Bo, and, and Hale gets bitten. So even though he hasn't been bitten, Dyson, that is, in a sense, he seems like he's the most affected and not in a very flattering way. I mean, you know, I, you, you Talk about likable characters or, I mean, he was just, to me, just really unlikable in this episode. You think? I mean, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I know he did, you know, I know he did some things and I know he, you know, again, when, when the chips were down and, and, you know, they were ready to torch the building and, you know, he took care of business, but I, you know, it's just his, his attitude uh, I mean, I guess I still can't let go of the the you know opening scene you know in the bar and yeah, well, he is really very nasty in in, in that scene. Um, but I tend to sympathize with Dyson. I guess I mean I get that you know he's he's stressed. He's you know we talked a couple episodes ago how many different directions he's getting pulled in. He has this strong attraction for Bo, yet is basically forbidden from pursuing that. Uh, by the ash, by trick or whatever, and he, so he's you know trying to deal with this woman. He, I, th I think he honestly has feelings for, but yet can't express those feelings. Um, so he's you know forced to put on this public mask, and then beneath it, he has to then endure, you know, watching her go and and mess around with other people and everything. Um, and you in that, you know. In that you might say, but Wayne, what about the whole hooking up with the waitress thing? And, and you know, I've gone on record saying I think he just orchestrated that as a way of right. of letting Bo down softly, um, well, not very softly actually, but just trying to to, to you know to try get them to break up or whatever. Um, so I, I I sympathize with him. I mean, you know? that is something to bear in mind. You know, the the fact that he has been ordered by the Ash to back off, and uh, you know, I, I think even for myself. Uh, kind of put that in the background and you know that is good something that we do need to remember about him and and you know why he does some of the things he does um now you know he one of the things that that he and Bo disagree with are Lauren's motives 
and uh, he tells her, you know, that we were just we were arguing about this a couple minutes ago. The next time you need to heal, call Lauren. Um, but you know, as usual, he does whatever he needs to do to get the job done. And in this case, he's forced to work with Lauren to save everybody else. And if I recall correctly, didn't he have to last week too? When they were coming up with the um, yeah, kind of. Well, no, 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 because really, Bo worked with Lauren last week, and and he took care of Kenzie. Oh, right, right, but right. But they still were all kind of in it together. But but really, Bo last week. But yeah, now he's working like face to face with Lauren. And you know, I also ag- agree with him. Like, you know, Lauren calls in this cleaning. You know, this Serena. <laughs> The, the human surgical torch. strike. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like that. Dr. Lewis, you push the button. And she goes, we have a situation, you know, right. like you're talking about like the kind of cliches and everything that, 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 uh, you know, the whole kind of, but uh, see, even that, you know, you could argue and it, is it trick that says that she did the right thing? I mean, I, I guess to a certain extent that, you know, if the spider gets out, you know, then this contagion gets out in the Fey community can really be devastating, not only to the Fey, but, to humans as well. Um, but I guess, you know, did she push the button a little too hastily, I guess? Yeah, it was, it literally, right? Um, but then again, you know, would they have come up with a solution in, you know, 42 minutes had she not, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, I, I look at it suspiciously, though, because it is a very extreme measure. Um, you know, Lauren basically by pushing that button to all accounts, she's condemning Bo and Kenzie and Hale right. to death. Right. And yep. she did that very hastily. She didn't, didn't seem like she thought about it. She went automatically. She went there, and I think that's probably what annoys Dyson the most is that she didn't consider any other options. She just first went with the Ash Strike Team response. Well, he, he shouldn't have been such a jerk in the bar. And Bo should have gone after her when she left. Right. Then she wouldn't have been this, forced to resort to a nuclear strike. This all could have been avoided. Um, but how about that human torch, though, man? Like, oh, her, oh she like was awesome. And you know what? I'm up. sitting there thinking, like, what have I seen her in? And I didn't look it up. And, you know, but, it, but, but uh, yeah, the woman that was the head of the little Fey strike force there, uh, you know, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the human torch. Yeah. Um, and I, what, I hate getting all hot and bothered and, you know. Um, now he, they go to trick and, you know, it's like, you know, trick, uh, you know, goes to his Faye Google and, you know, <laughs> he can, looks up the answer again. It um, was funny in the book that, you know, like how yeah. long would it have taken? Like I looked up the gin on the computer and could find hardly anything. It was all about lost girl, you know, like page and page and page. Yeah. Found very little, nothing at all about, it. uh, you know, Trick goes back into his back room and has an actual book that somehow, like, even though he doesn't know anything about it, he somehow comes up with this book, bam, right away. and says, oh, well, here's the information that you need to know. Well, of course, he's 200 years old, too, or whatever. True. But, well, he's, uh, yeah, he's been around. So. But then, you know, then, at you know, when, when everything's kind of calmed down and we've got that scene between Lauren and Dyson, uh, where, you know, he, he makes it clear that he doesn't trust her motives, you know, however he is, you know, surprised that she had what it takes to kill the spider guy, right? Because she, you know, I mean, she, you know, we've seen her before. She doesn't want to kill, you know, if she doesn't have to, but she kills the spider and the spider guy. Does the guy, the guy doesn't die, does he? Um, 
No, no I don't no. think he did. No, what does he do? Just kind of. I, I mean, they don't. They don't. Uh, but he says something like, "You would have killed Gordon" or something like. Oh, that. Okay. That he says at the end. So I, don't, I think he, the dude, uh, lived, but uh, they were managed to extract the heart okay. without harming the the host. Okay. Um, you know, and then Lauren replies, "Well, you know, you're just uh, worried that this time I was Bo's hero." You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, well, you almost got her killed, and you know, I I, I guess kind of yeah. they're both kind of right. Yeah. Well, and, and we've said before that that Dyson is very emotional, and, right. and he can get very petulant too. We've seen that. You know, he 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 gets pouty and everything, and so you know, like. And if know. we were looking at Greek tragedy, we'd we'd say he was blinded by passion. Yes. You know, and uh, but he and poke his own eyes out and no no, so. no that stuff he just wears goofy purple vests uh, what is <laughs> up <with laughs> i don't know he looked like a flamenco dancer or something actually like you know I, I i took a look on I, I it must have been on the showcases website that there's a there's a scene or somewhere i saw whether on youtube where they're talking about the wardrobe for the show and they bring and he's talking about the vests um and and that you know he really likes the vests um this time, Dyson, nah, it, it, yeah. it's not working. Yeah, I don't know about. It. I mean, you know, he's he's yeah, that dude's got. I give up to, to Chris Holden Reed, man. That guy's got like a pretty good body and everything. He can yeah. he can make that work. Like you know, most guys could absolutely not hope to. But uh, still, like I'm just like, are, are you are you going to go outside dressed like that, Dyson? You should put a coat on or something because you just you, that looks kind of goofy. Now, uh, lastly, Lauren, who, you know, again, then maybe this is me because I, I think in the course of this discussion, you don't really feel the same. I mean, mm, I guess no, I, I almost so. see her as, as kind of a victim in all this. Dyson doesn't like her. Bo doesn't defend her. Um, you know, then she calls in the quarantine and, you know, we know what that means. But, uh, you know, the question is whether or not she's doing it out of jealousy or, or again, blind passion. Uh, or whether she's doing it from a cold clinical, you know, this is the right thing to do. Well, I think that's how they're they're perfect foils. I think she is. Then this is probably why I don't really care for Lauren that much at this point. She's all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna say I don't like her. She's cool. You know, she's a good character. Last week she was gonna give her props. She was awesome last week. But uh, but she's very cold and clinical. You're right. She makes you know her decisions are all. But which then you say then well then why the hasty calling in of, of the goon squad here, right? Why right. why is she all of a sudden now she's, you know Yeah, why not call Dyson and Hale and like, you know, come exactly. on. Exactly. Right. That's exactly she's her first call she should have been the Dyson right. saying here's the here's the situation we or, got. Or, or trick. I mean that's uh right. yes, I gotta agree with you on that. So uh um anything else before we get into talking about the classic B movie elements that, that appeared in this episode? Um, I don't know. I got like other stuff, but I don't know how to fit it in really right now. But yeah, let's talk about the B movie elements because you know, um, you know, like I, I was just looking through my notes. I, I noticed how like the you know going into the basement and everything. Yeah. Was, well, like, you know, was, and and again, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, ordinarily calling something a B movie usually conjures up negative connotations. And except I think for in science fiction community, where it's it's a it's a a great compliment. Right. So one of the first, you know, we see Bo and Kenzie tracking down the spider in their house and they're going room to room. And it's all, again, it, it, it's this really comic scene, but this is a deadly creature, 
right? Then, if, like you just mentioned, they go down the basement. It's like, okay, every classic, you know, horror, B-movie, you know, no, don't go to the basement. Don't go to the basement. Right. Don't go. Let, let it come to you. Right. Now, uh, I think at least the lights work. You know, why is it that every house, when they go to the basement, the lights don't work? I mean, do the lights work in your basement? Well, yeah, they do, but I haven't had a, a killer down there yet. If if there were a killer or a ghost, then in no respect at all would the lights work, which would be a strong indicator for me not to go in the basement. All right. So, uh, so they go in the basement. Uh, then one that I, I loved, and, and, and you know, you almost know what's going to happen. They try to escape through the door. Brick there's wall. a brick wall. Yeah. Except then I guess it was like they were hallucinating. Right, because right, then they showed, you know, again, from like kind of like a different perspective. Right. They back up, and you see that they're staring right out into open space. They could just, but right. But part well, of it, as I said, part of what the the Degen does is it makes you stay inside. You you can't leave because you you know for some reason or another. Right now, um, I think they were on the second floor. I could be wrong. So if they'd gone through that door, even if it wasn't a brick wall, they'd have fallen from the second floor. Yeah, it was, it was just really weird, know. like how that. There is even any kind of opening there at all, anyway. So okay. now, one, early in the episode, you know, we see Bo and Kenzie arguing about folding laundry and dirty dishes, and yeah. and you know, oh, this is our first fight, and you know, and it was like, I mean, yeah, okay, they were fighting, but clearly they, you know, um, you know, worked it out a little bit. So then uh, Hale comes to check on Kenzie and Bo, and gets hit with the frying pan. <laughs> Of course, yeah. You know, again, right. classic. The yeah, frying yeah. pan as the weapon, but then it was the it was the follow up line. Yeah. Dirty, S- still dirty. dirty. Yeah, right? that was, that was and hilarious. that's again one of those ones I'm laughing out loud. You know? <laughs> yeah, because that was really and the look she gave her, like yeah, you know, like here they are and they both have been bitten. They both right. we know are in this murderous rage against one another, and uh, and Bo is really still pissed about right. The, the still dishes being really dirty. still dirty. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, and- so, did you notice now, this, I don't know if, if this had been in previous episodes or not but this is like the first time I noticed in the background of their loft there they have like a like two different snack machines oh I did like in the back like a, like a Frito or a chip machine well I got two other things I noticed that we'll bring up after we get through the and, and I was like okay. that is hilarious because we know Kenzie's a total thief so obviously she went and stole a chip machine. And then like next to it, they had one of those like soda coolers and everything like that probably didn't come with the place. Good so. point. So, yeah. That was, that was just, that was really you figure funny. walls didn't come with the place. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> now the last one that, that I, I noted was uh, when Lauren's conducting surgery on the guy to cut out the, uh, right. I guess mm-hmm. to cut out the, the, the heart yeah, yeah. wearing the yellow dishwashing gloves, yeah, right. <laughs> the palm I, olive gloves. I have a pair just like that, by the way. Yeah. Um, my mom did. I don't, I don't know why, because you know, I mean, no one really washes dishes by hand anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, my mother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, well, my, well, my parents have a dishwasher now, but yeah. That oh, was, she has a dishwasher. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll have us die hard, man. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, again, just like really fun cliches and with, you know, with a good story, good acting, uh, good acting. I mean, it it all worked. So, uh, you know, I I really like the whole B movie element of this episode and uh, and and the creepiness of it. I mean, look, most people don't like spiders. No. Well, right. Spiders. And actually, that was one thing that I did look up here is less like the spider as a symbol, uh, because spiders are. Yeah, creepy. I mean, 
most spiders perform a pretty valuable uh, task for the ecosystem and they get rid of a lot of bugs that otherwise would be annoying us and everything. But they still freak us out and they still creep us out. And most people, when they see a spider, they're going to like squish it. So. And, and and which Bo tries to do, she cuts it in half with a shovel, but the thing just yeah. joins back together, which was still pretty creepy. Pretty cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, something else I, I noticed because, you know, they, they said how a Dijen is a Native American uh, folklore. And I, I didn't find anything about Dijen specifically, but there is a lot of Native American How mythology. do you spell it, by the way? Uh it's actually, you know what? It's it's on the computer screen as Lauren is talking to ah. Dyson. So um, I was able to like go back and uh, and and I froze it. So it's D J I E I E. Hold on, is there two and D J I E I E N E? Okay, so I wasn't how, even close, but is is how they they spelled it. Um, on on that's how it's spelled on the computer screen. Uh, but like I said, when I went to search it, every single thing that came up about it was just from Lost Girl. So, you know, I don't know. But the, and they, there is, you know, a lot of, of the, obviously Spider is a um, archetype. So it's going to be across culture. Mythology is going to show up everywhere. Uh, but uh, part of it is the Native Americans believe that the Spiders create the dream catcher. Right. Oh, that Kenzie. Exactly uh, right. The beginning. The first, yeah, the beginning. She says, "Where's my dream catcher?" Right. No, and, not that one. The big one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in uh, in really, it, it seems like uh, I found uh, one tribe. I should give a shout out to the tribe. I can't remember which tribe it was, but in one website for a Native American tribe talked about how spiders um, are the weavers of fate. Um, they gave their their name to like a, a certain tribe and everything, and and so there are, from what I've seen in Native American mythology, are not the vicious force like this, but always a wise uh, force. Sometimes a a trickster, sometimes shape shifting, uh, but ultimately a uh, a a positive type uh, force in the lives of humans. Um, which is not what it is, obviously. Although, in, in, in I mean, this. I guess you could argue that that you know these characters are uh, were forced to really reevaluate and reassess their emotional feelings about you know each other, and you know with the Lauren Bo Dyson, you know. Yeah, true. That's so. a good point. But you know, if if they hadn't, they would have all killed each other. Which good would, point too, so. <laughs> and possibly started like a. A genocide, right? Because uh, Lauren says that uh, a Dijen probably caused the Sudanese uh, genocide, which I didn't realize that. Uh, if, uh, I did hear her say that, yeah. yeah. So. All right, anything all right. else? What are they fighting over? Well, there was this big spider, and you know, just we got really pissed, and the next thing we know, we're slaughtering the other tribe uh, wholesale. They're killing their women and children. That damn spider. Yeah. All right, so you got anything else you want to talk about? Oh, let me just see. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> there's, okay. a, there's a lot of stuff there, but yeah, you know. Well, I, I think we we always come up with uh, like there's the R word of the week. I'm going to start calling it because it seems like every week there's some kind of R word, and you know we got relationships. Obviously, here was like like the central to the the whole episode, and and we and we see at the end there is some mending there, but then you know with uh, with Bo and um, and Dyson. Um, as you know, as I believe Bo says for the first time, oh, next time you need to heal, <laughs> call Lauren. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, 
you know, it could be that that particular relationship has been been damaged uh, because you know Bo still is trusting of um, of Lauren, and and Hale doesn't trust her mostly, as he says, because she works for the Ash. And so we see again, you know, Hale, you know, Dyson's got these authority issues. All right. Well, I got one thing that I just jotted down as random details. Now, just just one, you know, the spider. Again, we you know we keep hearing. Uh, about underfay, so I mean, I don't know what what are underfay. You know, I guess they seem you know like less, uh, less yeah, maybe not less sentient than yeah, right, you know. like not yeah, exactly, not quite human type. Right. You know. Um, now the other is who plays the drums? Right, there's a there's a full drum set in their oh, oh, yeah, in, in yeah, their, yeah, in their yeah. place. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah there's another little detail okay. that, uh, of the room. There, yeah, there's a full drum set in the right. back. Yeah. Who's? Well, I don't think it was there before. Captain I. Did, yeah. So. I don't know. I, right. Um, and then, well, that's a good point. Um, although we see Kenzie from episode one on, so we really didn't see it very often. But uh, right. I guess it's probably the person that uh, is that a red bong on the table? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. See I mean, that. I, I, there was like two where it was. I mean, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I have to, uh, you know, there are like little details about the room that, that we're noticing here that, uh, you know, just beg the question, you know, where did that come from? Where did they I get suppose that? it could be an ancient Fey artifact it, it, made out of, it could be made out of hand blown red glass. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, I guess that's all for episode, um, all right. Arachnophobia, Arachnophobia, which is episode seven of season one. And what we want to talk a little bit about tonight, and, and you know, as you know, if you've been listening, we're fond of our top 10. Um, and, and, you know, tonight we're not, ne- not necessarily going to rank them, certainly not tonight. But what we want to talk about are some pretty cool sci-fi gadgets and weapons. Now, the first one that comes to my mind, I'll, I'll ask you, and we'll see if we're on the same wavelength. The first one I thought of. Well, what I think, what in my opinion, would be number no, one. No, no, no. I'm not asking your opinion. Okay. I'm like, what's the first thing you thought? Light, first the, thing in your... The, the lightsaber. Okay. The lightsaber. Right, right. I mean, if our, for no our question. generation, uh, especially, you know, male, yeah, the lightsaber. Yeah. Okay. So much so that, um, you know, they can market a crappy piece of plastic that lights up somewhat and makes sounds and i would play with it with my kids for hours (laughs) like yeah just so uh so yeah everyone wants a lightsaber if if i could build a lightsaber man that would be just awesome though probably i imagine it wouldn't really be legal i'm still watching uh revenge of the sith and uh just saw the scene tonight uh actually while i was waiting for wayne to come over to record this uh where uh anakin no, I'm sorry, not Anakin. Uh, uh, Obi Wan goes up against the guy that's uh, or some kind of robot machine. General Grievous, right? Yeah. Who, no, no, was no. he was he was looking for Grievous, but it's the the some sort of a robot-y thing. Oh. He's got four lightsabers, so he's got four arms. Yeah, that's General Grievous. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, and he hacks off two of his arms and all of that. So. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Lightsaber. All right. So that, what that, was, that was that was a really good fight scene. All right. So we're not saying lightsabers number one, but that was certainly the first thing that came to yeah, both our it's, minds. It's gonna be number one. Let's all right. See. So what do you got? At what? What else you got? Okay. Um, the next thing I have, and is, I'll be shocked if it's not. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, there's two different things from okay. Doctor Who. It's, you, all right. So I'll, I'll, the first one I'm gonna mention it will be. Well, this was. It might be controversial because is whether we can call it a gadget or not. But the TARDIS. 
as an accessory, as a, well, a, I mean, a, a thing time machine that... is a gadget. We, I guess, we'd have to look up well, while you're talking. I'll look up the definition of gadget. <laughs> okay, but uh, you know, it's his uh, time and relative dimension in space. The vehicle through which he can move throughout time and space. It's bigger on the inside. So, uh, you know, which is always great for the first time someone sees the TARDIS. There's every single time there's the scene, except for when Rory walks in. Rory just kind of gets in nonchalantly and, and the doctor's he's, he's upset because he's, Rory's not impressed. He's like, well, I've been reading about space displacement and everything and all this. Yeah. And then the doctor just says, I kind of like it better when people say it's bigger on the inside. You know? <laughs> Which is a great, once you, if you get into Doctor Who, that's yeah, that, that's a, a classic really, line. Yeah, yeah, that's so. a classic, classic All line. right, well, I guess we could argue over the definition of the word small, um, but then we'd be like Bill Clinton, you know, <laughs> uh, arguing, you know, a gadget is a small tool, such as a machine that has a particular function. So uh, Okay, well, let's strike the TARDIS then. No, I like well, the TARDIS. Okay, I mean, you like it's, it? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep so, it in. All right. All right, and then yeah, I'm assuming your your other Doctor Who related item it's is sonic screwdriver, obviously. Right. So yeah, they can uh, the screwdriver gets you in anywhere, but it doesn't work on void, which is like yeah, that's great. Like was it the the Hungry Earth, you know, where he's like trying to open, like how come you can't open the door? It doesn't work on wood, you know. Like yeah. it's just all these things, all these amazing things that the Doctor has, but yet often just complete fail like something as simple as opening a door he can't accomplish and uh it's you know he can move through time but sometimes he just can't even get the door open yep it's great now but, one of the things and, and of course i couldn't put my finger on anything specific and never got around to looking it up but you know we, i mean i think you have to consider james bond i mean you know at its core james bond you know is sci-fi sure i mean yeah. you know or spy-fi which uh, oh, i guess encompasses nice. encompasses uh you know spy with sci-fi um you know i mean look certainly one of the gadgets and i guess this wouldn't you know well if we're going with the tardis you know his car that you know, he drives it into the water and it converts into a submarine and yeah, you know then goes nice. under the water you know stuff like <laughs> that but obviously james bond's got all kinds of gadgets but for me if you're a stargate sg1 fan then you know who Teal'c is, and you know what his staff weapon is. And Wayne, I know you haven't gotten to this show yet, and I know it's with 220 episodes, it's it's rather daunting. Yeah, especially in in the midst of a uh, supernatural, with right. you know, it's like going into season eight, man. I but don't know. Uh, well, at the rate you're going, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, the 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 staff weapon. I mean, it looks like a spear. It's probably about maybe four to five feet long, um, and he wields it like a spear. He doesn't throw it, but you know, he's holding it, you know, out in front of him at approximately waist high. And, you know, he's got some kind of like button that he pushes and it sends out like pulses that are, you know, quite effective. And, uh, you know, it looks like this, uh, you know, perhaps primitive weapon, but it's anything but primitive. It does sound pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> and he's the only one that's got one among all, you know, once he comes over. Uh, it's the preferred weapon of the Jaffa. Oh, okay. And once he leaves the Jaffa... Uh, if one can ever truly leave the Jaffa, um, you know, he's pretty much the only one with a staff. Where everybody else has a pulse rifle. Yeah. All right. Right. I got that. Yeah. yeah. It's very Freudian. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. But, uh, 
Well, you said you said phase blaster, so I'm going to go with the the phase blaster. I'm, I was thinking Farscape on this one, but I guess probably phase blasters are uh, go across an, a number of of science fiction shows. But uh, in in Farscape, they have some pretty boss looking guns, you know. Um, and there's like the one that's in the opening credits that uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not even sure who it is that in the opening, like kind of jumps out. He's got the like, gun hanging down by his side and it's in farscape yeah it's either Crichton or uh or or or, or ooh, what's her name <laughs> oh gosh i can't Aaron. it's it's one of two it's someone in a, it's just a very brief moment during the opening credits you know someone just kind of jumps out and, and is shooting off this rifle and their back is to the camera so you can't really tell who it is but it's just it's a very cool looking move and they got the gun kind of like a gatling side gun holding down at the side and so it's like a really like a lot of really kind of yeah know, well that that you know, uh, gun that she wears on her her thigh. You know, whatever it's called, uh, Aaron. Soon yeah. that is uh, is pretty darn cool. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, now, one that uh, you know, I was just thinking about was from Fringe and Doctor Walter Bishop's. Remember the little headgear he has, his neural yeah. stimulator. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the episodes, I, it may be the first one, but probably not. I can't remember if he brings it out to put on Olivia at any point. Oh, no, he brings it out to the one guy who's hearing voices in his head. And he, it's like this massive wires. It's like this little this cage that he puts over. You know, I mean, if you want to start getting into biblical references, it almost has like that crown of thorns kind of look. Mm -hmm. You know, and they actually drill right. It's right. It's got drills that goes into your skull. Yeah. Uh, But then when they find the boy, the uh, boy that's you know uh, been down in the uh, sewers for thirty years and all that, and uh, they put it on him and. He he modifies it a little bit so he doesn't have to drill into the boy's skull. Right. Um, you know the little boy. You remember who I'm talking about? He he looks like he's he looks like an observer. Yeah, and that was from last season. Right? Yeah, from okay, season yeah, yeah. season one. Right. It was season one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's season one. Really? Wayne and I are arguing about everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I, I don't make I, me look I, it up. I'm, I'm going to defer to to your judgment <laughs> on right. this one because yeah, you know, season four is the only one that I've only seen once. So when I episode when I, fifteen, by the way. Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, so when I can't quite remember something, I, I usually say, "Oh, it must be season four because I've only seen those once." Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I do remember that. Kid. Was it really that was season one? Yeah. Wow. Episode fifteen. Okay. <laughs> All right. What else you got? All right. Let's see. Um, uh, okay. Well, I'm going to take one from your other podcast, uh, the Continuum Podcast, because really, actually, this is what inspired this top 10 list was Kira Cameron's protector suit. And that can do pretty much anything. It can get her money out of the ATM. It makes her turn invisible. It's bulletproof. Um, and, and ultimately black. and it's skin tight and it's skin tight, which is probably the most important aspect of it really when we're talking, <laughs> yeah. but it was just like, it's just, man, like every, almost every episode she does something with it. Like, wow, that is, that is just cool, man. Like how did they come up with this idea of this suit? I don't know, but that, that is awesome. Yeah. It's like the can do everything suit. And one of the cool scenes is when, uh, because of course, well, no, never mind. That's a spoiler. So yeah, I won't say. Well, it, we can, yeah, I don't know if we can. Nah, you know what? Us. We'll try well, the, to avoid it. Yeah. Well, the reason, and again, uh, I think we know that a lot of our listeners haven't, you know, seen Continuum. Guarantee yet. you haven't seen Continuum, but you should um, because it's only airing in Canada on the Showcase Network. But obviously, there are there are ways around that, and, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. Um, so, 
Now, one that I think it's got to be considered a classic gadget, uh, again, you know, with the small, you know, as a, I'm not sure how small it is, but um, I mean, it's not necessarily up there with the lightsaber, but the original Star Trek, the transporter. Oh, you know, which, which ah, then, that's a great one. Which yeah, then yeah, yeah. improves with each generation of Star Trek. Right. But that whole, you know, dematerialize, materialize, um yeah and then every now and then like you would like you know i can't remember where was it like it was like broken and so you never knew like like sometimes on actually on next generation like the transport would be on the fritz so you, you know you never knew what was gonna it's always kind of like a risky you know thing is going through the transporter well in a, in a sense that's what they're doing in fringe right i mean you know with david david robert jones right you know i mean it's basically he's dematerializing and then he's materializing right. and, and what they really you know look at in, in fringe is that you know it's not this nice clean uh, um clinical yeah. process no, that pretty pretty negative effect on yeah physiologically yeah. yeah unless you're agent dunham right who can just do it right like that no problem because he's a superhero all right. Well, my next one, and this one, I don't know. I don't think they had these. Well, they, they probably popped them out in the, the pilot of Supernatural, but um, we later learned that uh, they have uh, EMF detectors. Oh. Are, and uh, and Dean has crafted his out of a Walkman. <laughs> so he's got like this Walkman EMF detector. So I just, I love it. Every time he pulls it out, I, I, I laugh. And, and they do it almost every show because, you know, they're always trying to figure out where the ghost is, where the spirit is and everything. Um, so yeah, they're, those are, they're really cool. Well, the, the last one that I had is from a, a, a less serious uh, sci-fi and that would be the uh, Ghostbusters and uh, you know, their ghost detector. I forget exactly what they call it. It looks like a vacuum cleaner that they've got yeah. strapped over their shoulder. Uh, um, and actually, you know, mentioning that uh, um, you remember in Lost, uh, when Miles, you know, when we, we see Miles in his flashbacks and he goes to that house and uh, the woman pays him $200 because she wants to some, trying to find something out about her son and he goes up in the room and he's got this vacuum cleaner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> and turns on the vacuum cleaner. But, uh, um, well, anyway, that's about all the gadgets I came up with. Um, I'm sure there's dozens more. Well, I think I got one more that's actually pretty good. And again, this is something you, you need to educate yourself better on this, is that uh, you need to watch more superhero movies because Iron Man's armor in uh, in the new Iron Man movies is really, really, really cool. I mean, like, super awesome, cool. So, like, you know, and it's got, um, oh, the, the, the guy. That's Robert Downey Jr., right? Right. Okay. But he's got the voice is uh, Paul Bettany, who's a, an actor you. Um, oh, I know Paul Bettany. Yeah, right. So he's he's married to that hot chick, which who's he married to? Oh, you know she was in like I always forget her name. She, uh, you know, the movie where the guy was a uh, a math genius, but he was really he was oh, kind of off the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, 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 the mind, beautiful mind, beautiful mind, right. right? Yeah, Paul right, Paul Bettany was the the roommate, right? And uh, the the, the uh, well, he's the, married the, to the dark hair girl that was married to the mathematician. Oh, uh, okay. I can't yeah. think of her name. Yeah, I can't think of her name either. She's attractive though. 
But yeah, well, Paul Bettany also, my favorite role of his, well, besides if uh, you ever seen like a Knight's Tale where he plays, Paul Bettany plays Chaucer. Awesome. Yeah, he was just, yeah, he was, he was great. Um, but then he was Jennifer in, uh, Connelly. Oh, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jennifer Connelly's, she's, she's in the top five. You know, yeah. we've talked about that, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, that's an awesome movie. Yeah. Uh, Knight's Tale yeah. with uh, with, with Batman. I mean, uh, the Joker. The Joker, yeah. Heath yeah. Ledger is, is in there. Um, and then uh, Master and Commander, Paul Bettany was the, uh, was is Dr. Maturin, Stephen Maturin. From if, and he was, uh, that, I mean, that's, that's a really good movie. I think that's a, a very uh, underrated movie. Like a lot of people don't realize how you know great that movie is. But anyway, basically saying he's a really good actor, but he's the voice in Iron Man. He's a, he's a, a voice of a butler. That's, he's not like a real butler. He's like, the, the computer system uh, voice, but uh, but he's he's got a, a you know cheeky wit about him too. So. Well, I am going to take a look at the Avengers. I mean, when, once that comes out on DVD, well, I mean, you, you you can't just dive into the Avengers though, man. You can't. You got to watch. You got to watch Hulk, <sighs> Thor, and and both Iron Man movies first. <sighs> okay. So you, you got to you, you can't just you can't just go jump in, especially Thor, because the bad guy in the Avengers movie is Loki from. All right, from so what Thor. do I have to watch first? Just okay. tell me. Well, just you should probably just do it. Well, start with. I'll write them down. Okay, start with uh, the Hulk with okay. uh, Edward Norton. Oh, okay. Okay, and that's that's really good. Actually, like you know, and I even like the the Eric Bana one before that. But don't worry about that one. We'll we'll, we'll take baby steps with you. Okay? okay. So start with the Hulk, then go to Iron Man one. Okay. Okay, and then Iron Man 2. Okay. And then Thor. And then, oh, Captain America. Yeah, I watched Captain America too. Fifth? Yeah. Okay. So, so Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, uh, Thor, Captain America, uh, you know, whatever. You can go in which, whichever or just one or the other. They're both pretty good movies. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure so, Olivia Munn's in Iron, at least one of the Iron Man. So. <laughs> right. So there you got that to look forward to. All um, right, but uh, so yeah, you watch those before you watch the Avengers. I, I realize, you, I mean, you could probably you'll still enjoy the Avengers, obviously, anyway. But there's a lot of kind of background information, um, especially with the formation of Shield, that uh, comes up in, in in the other movies. And, and Hawkeye, uh, uh, the Jeremy, what's his name, Jeremy, Jeremy, yeah, the, the new Jason Bourne guy, whatever. Um, he's in Thor. Okay. In, in a brief scene as as Hawkeye, so uh, so yeah, check those out before the Avengers, and then you'll be you'll be well suited. Because I found I went to see it with my wife, and I realized I had to kind of explain a lot of stuff to her as it was going on. Like, That's usually not yeah. good. Yeah, because you want to watch the movie, then you're like, oh, he, here's this guy, and, you know, he did this before in the other movie and everything. Says, and that just annoys her, me, everyone around us. So you know, just brush up, do your homework first, and then you can then you'll be able to watch the Avengers. All right. So, uh, <laughs> anything else? Um, yeah, no, I, well, yeah, I'll just throw out there like the Star Trek communicators. You know, oh, like, oh, I, oh, you know, it, it's funny. I read an article about, they were talking about, you know, the, the way technology, you know, has evolved and that, you know, here, here they're using those communicators in, you know, I forget what star date they're in. And yet you figure our cell phones yeah. can do a hundred times 
yeah. what the Star Trek communicators <laughs> right, exactly. can do. Yeah. Well, it's funny because on the original show, they had the ones that like flipped up. And right. I always thought that was like the coolest thing. And oh, then they yeah. Came, you know, and then they actually, cell phones, like the flip up thing, you're like, yeah, you know, and then no one has a flip. You know, if you have a flip well, up cell phone now, people are like, yeah, nice cell phone, dude. Uh, and and it's I not, get, it's I, I not get a that cell phone, it's a communicator. I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, I do mine, mine is my cell phone, but I, I am slightly beyond the, uh, yeah, the, well, the flip up. Yeah. But, uh, but then in, in, uh, in next generation you know now they just they just tap their collar like the communicators right there in their collar which i can see why they would do that because it's it's cool you know but still part of like star trek was like did you ever have like the little belt i don't never i never had i always wanted like as a kid you could get like the little belt (laughs) that had like the communicator on and the blaster on the other side you know and so whenever they went out on the mission you know they always had to strap on like something, you know, and everything. Okay, this to, is the part where I remind the audience that I'm a little older than Wayne. So I was in high school. So I pretty much wasn't wearing one of those belts. Then. Oh, okay. Yeah. You wouldn't have been there. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. And then, so you get into the next generation, they got like the, the full body suits, which I think was a questionable wardrobe decision. The first, well, actually they just, that was just at first, right. Cause then they, they changed after a couple of seasons where they went with two piece uniforms. Um, but you know, it was like, it was, they were very difficult to accessorize with those, you know, and everything. Um, whereas, you know, Captain Kirk always had, you know, he was just always packing heat right there on the side. You oh know, yeah. Like, so anyway, the, the Star Trek communicators are pretty cool. All right. They're not as good as cell phones, as you said. <laughs> okay. No right, apps. Well, no apps on the communicators. You couldn't get well, Angry Birds on, on their communicators. And so therefore they are inferior. All right. So uh, we probably won't rank them. We just want to throw some ideas out there of uh, stuff we thought was, in, you know, what, things yeah. we thought were cool. And we're just, I think the problem is we're getting lazier with each show. <laughs> like, well, like before we were like, all right, let's yeah, we'll, we'll rank them all. We'll do the top six first. And, then we'll do the top, and now we're just like, oh, we'll just talk about them. And then <laughs> yeah, well, of course, the, on the other hand, our, uh, you know, I thought, wow, boy, are we going to be able to fill an hour tonight, you know, since we're, uh, um, right. you know. No well, problem. Yeah, so. no problem. Now, why, why would you doubt that? You right. Know, now, what just, we want to fill you in on, uh, because we've mentioned before that the idea is that when season three starts uh, in January, and, and there's been no specific date yet, so you know Wayne and I are both, for selfish reasons, hoping it's late January. <laughs> uh, because what the idea is, we want to start podcasting season three you know, in real time. And, well, we're, and, we're doing that. Like, well, we're yeah, doing that, no right, right. What, and, and the problem is uh, we don't have enough you know, time to get all of the episodes from, you know, if we did one a week. So what we're talking about doing is uh, doubling up on some episodes so that, uh, you know, the the next episode we do uh, will cover episode eight of season one. And then what we're looking to do is double up on nine and 10 in one show, 11 and 12 in a show, and then the 13, which is the season one finale, we'll keep that by itself because it's a finale. And then uh, in the season two for a little bit, you know, just try to double up for a while and, and hopefully get caught up. And, um, you know, we'll see how we'll it see. goes. We'll see how it goes. Right. We reserve the right to change, but, that, <laughs> but that's the plan. So for next time, we're going to talk about Warehouse 13. Yep, well, for sure. And we I will talk about to have watched it. By right, now. we will talk about episode eight of season one of Lost Girl, and uh, we don't. I don't think we know what our top ten is going to be yet, do we? No, but you know, like I think, like we're talking about, like alternating. We'll do like one week. We'll do a. We'll, we'll watch a pilot the next week. We'll do a top ten. So, 
Um, it's actually I came up with this one, so it's your turn to come up with the uh, top ten, and you also have to pick the next pilot too. Uh, well, I think what we'll do is we'll take one of uh, Tan's suggestions. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's and, that's a great idea. Um, of course, then it's up to me to pick which one. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the right. number, but that's all right. Well, the, you know, there's a lot of good suggestions there, so we'll we'll pick one. I think we'll be all right. All right. Well, anyway, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at fatalistspodcast at gmail dot com. Or you can go to the website, which is fatalists.podbean.com. Or if you go to uh, iTunes and you look us up at iTunes, I believe there's a link to our website on iTunes. And, uh, you know, again, we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you don't want to hear. And until next time, as always, it's been a blast. Yep. Peace, land, and bread.